Hey guys, and welcome back to our stand series. I can't believe we are in week five already. And as you know, we have put on many pieces of armor, but I must say this might be my favorite. Okay, I know I say that every week. They're all my favorite because the word of God tells us put on the whole armor, right? Every piece is important. And it's really, really important that we talk about the helmet of our salvation. Tonight, we're gonna be talking about salvation and how important it is. Now, if you're new to this series, I wanna invite you to go back and check out week one, week two, week three, week four, because they all do build on one another, but every piece of the armor is important. So let's pick up in Ephesians 6. I hope you have your Bibles. If you're in a watch party, hey guys, welcome. I know men, you're together. We're so glad to have you. Or maybe you just found us online on my YouTube channel and you're saying, what's this all about? I'm going to encourage you to pick up your Bible, make sure you have a pen and some notepads because you want to be able to let Holy Spirit speak to you. You know, I can speak to your mind, but only Holy Spirit can speak to your heart. And I want to make sure that he does that tonight as we talk about this very, very important, vital subject, which is salvation. So as we pick up in Ephesians 6, we know that starting in verse 10, we've said it over and over. He talks about the whole armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to, stay with me, say it with me, stand together, stand together. That's what we want to keep saying, stand, stand. For we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We don't wrestle with principalities or powers, but we do wrestle with rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. There are principalities and powers that we are wrestling with. There are spiritual forces that we are wrestling with. He goes on in verse 13, he says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. I think there's a theme here, don't you? Stand therefore having, let's go through it, girded yourself with the belt of truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, shodding your feet with the gospel of the preparation of peace, And then as we said last week, above all, taking up that shield of the faith, make sure you have that shield of the faith, which with you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the evil one. So all of these pieces are important. Then we get into today's topic and take the helmet of salvation. So let's talk about that helmet. I love the Roman helmet. Now, I don't know if you've ever just checked out that Roman uniform. If you've watched the series, The Chosen, which I absolutely love, you see all the different military. You see the Roman soldiers and they all had on different helmets. I don't know if you're aware of this, but it was kind of like their rank. It was their position. So there were those who were that infantry level, the beginning soldiers, and then those who went up and they had that really cool, like, you know, that red feather looking cool thing that gave them seniority and rank. Do you realize there is position, there is authority in your salvation? Do you realize it identifies you as a child of God? So we're going to be talking about two things. That helmet was actually called a galea. Isn't that a cool word? Galea. I think they say galea. I love the way they say that Roman helmet. It just sounds so cool. But it had two purposes, and I want you to learn this tonight because it's so important. The helmet of salvation had two purposes. One, protection. Two, identification, protection, identification. See, you had to be fitted with that helmet. You had to be secure. It had to fit you just right so it would protect you. And we need to realize that the helmet is vital to protecting our head. Helmets were made of of iron or bronze or some kind of metal. So they were were, um, sturdy, they were secure, they would protect your head. 
but I want to talk to you a minute about identification. The helmet issued had to do with rank and would identify each soldier in their position. So as with the helmet of salvation. Now this is so important. I've never really thought about this before. Listen, stay with me. Salvation identifies who you are as a son and daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so important that we start right here. Listen, there is no use. And I'm going to say something maybe you never thought of. There is no use trying to put on the armor of God if you don't know God. Did you hear me? You don't put on the armor of God until you have a relationship with God. You see, this scripture was written to a believer who was told how to put on the armor of God to stand against the enemy. If you're trying to put on the armor of God and you don't have a relationship with God, you are not a son or daughter or a believer or a follower or a Christian or whatever word you want to use. If you don't know him intimately through salvation, it doesn't do any good to try to put the armor on. You have to have a relationship. It has to start with salvation. So the first thing we have to understand is as you put on this helmet, this helmet, yes, it guards your mind. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It guards your head, but it protects you from the enemy. You have to start with salvation. It's the helmet of salvation. Make sure you understand your relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about putting on the gospel shoes of peace? And we talked about when we put on those gospel shoes, that that really was more evangelism, that we took the gospel, which is the good news, the salvation message, our testimony, just sharing faith, talking to people about God. We would put those shoes on so that we knew every day there's going to be opportunities that God brought your way to talk to somebody. That's what the shoes were for. But the helmet is the actual salvation message. It's making sure that you know, and I think this is so important, it's paramount. We don't go any further, listen to me, that you know in your knower, that you know without a shadow of doubt, you don't hope so, you know so, that you are a son or a daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you are a child of God. It has to come with salvation. That means there's been a time in your life that you have confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. You have believed in your heart that God did send Jesus to die on a cross and to raise again three days later for your sin. You have to confess that and you have to believe that that's salvation. And that's why it's so important here that the Apostle Paul is explaining as we put on the armor that you have to understand this helmet is salvation. So as we get into our groups tonight, as we think, think tonight, just go back to salvation. I want to sit on this just for a minute because as I was preparing this lesson this week, it made me stop and just sit and think, have I thanked God lately for my salvation? You know, it's just been such a part of my life for so long, to be honest with you. I grew up in the church. I accepted Christ as my Savior as a little girl. And I really do believe in some ways I've taken my salvation for granted. It's just almost like you take your family for granted, you take your friends for granted, you take your home for granted. We just kind of think it's already there, always there. It's just there. Can I just say to you right now, please stay with me. Can you take a moment right now in your spirit and right now in your heart and your mind and just thank him for your salvation? Do you realize the power of your salvation? That you have eternity, that you are going to heaven when you die, that you will be in eternity 
with the God of the universe who knows you, created you, loves you, sustains you, fills you, anoints you. You have eternity, that's salvation. And I just want to encourage you, maybe this will kind of just spur something in you, that every day you wake up and you just say, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the gift of eternity. And that's why I think it's so important that we stop and really thank Him right now, in this very moment, for our salvation. So just make sure you review that. Make sure you go over that in your mind. Make sure you know that you're saved. And and don't be so, um, what's the word, maybe fearful or afraid to say to somebody, I'm not sure if I do know Him. Seek out someone if you don't know. Or even just right now in your spirit, say, God, I'm not sure if I know you, but I want to know you. Tonight could be the night of your salvation. So with salvation comes so many things, and I'm so excited about this. We're going to go deep. We're going to just hear what God has to say about salvation. But one of the beautiful things that come with salvation is all the promises of God. Do you realize with salvation comes all the promises of God? When I said yes to God, everything that was God's became mine. I am his daughter. He is my father. So everything that is his is now mine by virtue of my relationship with him. So all the promises of God are yes and amen. All the promises of God are mine. And I'm going to give you a lot of verses tonight. I'm hoping that you look over your notes. I'm sure you'll go over them tonight in your small groups. But take time to rehearse these, to memorize these, recite these, even memorize these verses. So let's look at some of the promises of God. Number one, salvation comes with promises. He will deliver us from fear. If we've ever lived in a day of fear, it's been since COVID. There is a spirit of fear all around us. But do you know the promise of God is? The Bible tells us, I love this verse in Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fear. Right there, that's a promise to somebody right now. I don't know what you're going through, but the spirit of fear is always out there, looming, lingering, waiting to attack us. And the psalmist said, I sought you, Lord. I sought you and you answered me and you delivered me from fear. That's a promise to a son and daughter of God. That's what salvation is about. Next, did you know that he will never leave you nor forsake you? Matthew 28, verse 20, it says, And behold, I am with you always even until the ends of the earth. Do you know you are never alone, ever alone? He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That's a promise to his sons and his daughters. That's what salvation is about. It's his promises. Then he goes on, he says, he will guide us. Do you ever just want to know which way to go? Should I take this business deal? Should I get in this relationship? Should I go here or go there? Do you realize the word of God says he will guide you? That's one of his promises. And that's part of being a child of God. That's part of a relationship called salvation. The Bible tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in everything, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. That means turn to him, ask him. And the Bible says, and he will direct your paths. That's a promise that he gives us. And that's found in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Do you realize all these promises, all these promises, these aren't promises just to everyone. Listen to me. These are promises because of salvation. See how important it is to put on the helmet of your salvation, to make sure that you walk in the promises of God. He goes on. I love this. Did you realize that he will forgive you? I received a letter this week from someone who had really messed up her life. 
And she began to share with me a lot of mistakes that she made. And she said, I turned to God because I couldn't forgive myself. And he began to show me forgiveness. He forgave me with the affair that I had and the lies and the cheating and all the things I had done in my life. And I repented and he forgave me. And I can't even tell you the grace and the love I feel because of the forgiveness of God. I don't care what you've done, how far you've gone, how bad you think you are, the shame, the blame, anything that you feel. Do you realize the word of God says he forgives us. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Just means he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. He is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our mistakes, from all our unrighteousness. That's a promise because of salvation. As I was studying this, it was just like I've never thought about the helmet so vividly like I have this time because it made me press into my salvation and the power of what it means to be a child of God. It says he will give us everything we need according to his righteousness. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 3, listen, his divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So I could go on and on and on but I want you to understand how beautiful salvation is. That's why we try to share our faith. That's why we try to witness and give our testimony because we want others to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. That's what the helmet of salvation is. But you know what? It's not just promises. It's also benefits. Did you know that being a child of God, a son, a daughter brings you benefits. Oh yeah, that's what the Bible says. In Psalm 68, verse 19, listen, it says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loathes us with benefits, the God of our salvation. There it is, the helmet of salvation. Wait, wait, did you hear what I said? He loathes you with benefits. I sat on this verse and I'm like, God, just show me all the benefits. And all of a sudden I started realizing relationships, connections, opportunities, I mean, it was like all this stuff. And I just started speaking life over myself. We're going to talk in a moment about having the mind of Christ. And everything I start to speak, there's death or life in the power of the tongue. That's the power of benefits. And I started speaking life over myself. God, you just tell me that you just load them on me. Benefit after benefit after benefit. That's what it means to be a son or a daughter, a child of the living God. That's what salvation does. Are you with me? Do you understand the promises and the benefits of salvation. Do you realize we have confidence that God is working daily in our lives? I don't think we talk about this enough. We don't preach about it enough. Right now we're living in a world where the enemy is bigger than God in so many people's lives. We talk more about what the enemy's doing than what God is doing. But you know the Bible tells us in Philippians 1.6, I am confident of this very thing, who he who began a good work in me, will complete it until the day of salvation. He's completing that good work, all those benefits, all those promises. Can I get a yes and amen? Amen. Amen too. Amen. Can you just say it with me? You see, I'm going down a road of life. I'm going down a road of prosperity. I'm going down a road of peace. That's the power and the position of my salvation. I don't think that we really understand what salvation means unless we're walking in victory. 
But another thing that comes with the helmet of our salvation is our mind is protected. Now I wanna drill down with you a little bit with this. It's so important. I know we hear a lot about the mind of Christ, but I don't know if it's really been explained. So I wanna walk you through what it means to have the mind of Christ. You see, the mind is where the battleground begins. The mind is where the enemy comes and he puts thoughts ideas. He'll put strategies. He'll put death. He'll put fear. He'll put blame. He'll put shame. He'll put your past. And all that he just sprinkles all these thoughts. And we take every thought right here. The Bible says we take every thought. It's what you do with it. So I was Googling this. It kind of hit me the other day. How many thoughts does an average person have a day? And experts estimate that our mind thinks between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. That's an average of 2,500 to 3,000 thoughts a minute. Or excuse me, an hour. That'd be a lot, an hour. So I was sitting outside the other day and I thought, I don't know, that seems like an awful lot of thoughts in an hour. And I just sat there and I said, what am I thinking about? I was blown away. I'm looking at this and this and this. Oh, I didn't pick that up. Oh, I've got to get my, oh, did I get the chicken out for t tonight? Oh, wait, look, I forgot to water that flower. Oh, I need to call my son. Wait, I didn't mail that. Literally within 15 minutes, I had a thousand thoughts. Do you see where I'm going with this? Your mind is constantly thinking. That's why the Bible tells us to take every thought captive. Because not only are you thinking all the to-dos you have, but the enemy's dropping thoughts in your mind. He's bringing evil in your mind. That's why it's so important to put on not only the helmet of salvation for your salvation, but the helmet of salvation so you can have clarity, so you can understand your thoughts, so you can go forward and focus with God. Take every thought captive. Now I'm gonna tell you three things are important to do. Stay with me. When you begin, and, and honestly, since I've done this and I've done coaching on this for years, you guys, I, I kind of see myself as a mind coach. So I've really coached a lot of my clients on our mind and our thoughts. And here's three things I teach all the time. Number one, you've got to recognize them. So sit down and just for a moment, think what's everything I'm thinking about right now? And you'll be surprised how many thoughts run through your mind. So recognize them. The second thing you have to do is control them. That means you have to bring them into captivity. We're gonna talk about that in a moment with scripture. So you've gotta take every thought captive. So you recognize them, you captivate them, but then what you have to do is you have to renew them. Because the Bible tells us to renew our mind. So I've gotta take everything the enemy's telling me, I gotta take it under captivity, I've gotta take it hostage, I have to control it, I've got to put it in a, in a jail cell and say, you're not getting out. You're not going to run rapid in my thought life. That's what it means to captivate it, to hold it hostage. You're not going to run rapid with me. I'm going to control you. Take every thought captive. Second Corinthians 10, five, as we said, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Listen, that means throw off anything and everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of truth. That's the way that verse says it. Listen, anything in your mind that's lifting itself above truth. He is truth. His way is truth. His truth about you. Remember we talked week one about the belt of truth. You are thinking thoughts all day long that aren't true. You're unloved. You're ugly. You'll never get the break. Nobody wants you. Everybody's making fun of you. Do you know how many thousands of thoughts like that you have a day? That's not truth. So the Bible says here, anything that's lifting itself above the knowledge of truth. Do you understand this battlefield of the mind that literally all of the thoughts 
all of these thoughts are going rampant like this all day long, you have to take them captive. It says bringing every thought into captivity, listen to the obedience of Christ. That means your thoughts have to be the thoughts of Christ. You have to think the way Christ thinks, how he thinks about you, what he thinks about you. That's what you have to do. Your thoughts must be held captive. You have to have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 2, 16, write this one down. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? Uh, am I going to instruct God? How can I know what God thinks? And then the next part of this verse is so key. Look, it says, but we have the mind of Christ. The Bible tells you how to think. You got to meditate on the word of God, know the word of God, move into prayer. Holy Spirit will drop into your mind exactly how you need to think. He'll do course correction. He'll do conviction. He will bring waves of love. He'll bring waves of, of forgiveness over you. You'll start thinking the way he thinks. How do we have the mind of Christ? Think like Christ thinks. We have the ability to filter our thoughts and be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24, listen to this verse. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Listen, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You realize it, this is a spiritual mindset, guys. Now, stay with me. I, this goes deep. I mean, we're not talking any light stuff here. This is, this is why it's called warfare. This is why a lot of people don't go this deep because I don't know, that's too much for me. I can't think about it. No, you can't in your humanity. You have to have the mind of Christ. You have to think the way he does. This is deep spiritual stuff. But if you want to go to the next level, you have to war. You have to battle. Do you remember last week we talked about like exercise? Hey, it's never fun getting to the gym. It's a lot more fun leaving the gym. And after you've left, don't you feel better? Aren't you stronger? Aren't you more confident? It's the same way with the battlefield of the mind. This is work. It is exercise, but you will see the results and it will give you the power to move through principalities and powers. You will never make it through this evil world without having the mind of Christ. And so I like to say, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, the scripture goes on, that you may put on the new man, which was created according to God, unto righteousness and holiness. So again, this is putting it on, it's thinking, it's shifting, it's renewing. I go down a road sometimes of my mind. Now, I don't know about you, let me just take a pause here, let's talk. Sometimes my mind goes idle. Maybe I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden a random thought comes up. And I'm like, where'd that come from? Maybe it's an ungodly thought, an unclean thought, a mischievous thought, a temptation. And all of a sudden I'm like, have you ever just felt bad about a thought you just had? And you're like, where'd that come from? I don't think that way. Well, where do you think that thought came from? And if I don't immediately take that thought captive, what happens? I begin building on that thought or even arguing with that thought. I have to renew my mind. I have to go, Satan, you're such a liar. I, that did not come from me. I am renewing my mind. I am the mind of Christ. I'm going to battle that thought. And, the, and you have to battle the temptation. Listen, temptation is not a sin. It's giving in to temptation that's the sin. Now, this is so important, guys. You may be tempted in the area of adultery or pornography or theft or lying or gossip or I don't know what it is. You put, you put the thing in there. You're going to be tempted to do it. That's not the sin. The Bible tells us Jesus was tempted in every way, yet without sin. 
The enemy came to him in Matthew 4, and he tried to tempt him in every way, yet he did not sin. So there is this big of a window, listen to me, this big of a window between when the temptation hits your mind and you acting on it. So if you don't take that thought captive immediately, you may play with it and then act on it. It's so important that you renew your mind before you take action into the temptation. Remember the old adage back in the day, what would Jesus do? You know, we all had the little bracelets and we wore them, what would Jesus do? Well, I'd like to bring that back. I'd like to ask you, what would Jesus do? So the minute you have the thought, the temptation, before you act, just say to yourself, what would Jesus do? Now you might say to yourself, yeah, Tammy, cool, but I ain't Jesus. You're right, you're not. But the Bible tells us you have the mind of Christ. So you cannot justify a thought, an action, or a behavior. You can't just say, I'm only human. That's what you were before salvation, my friend. That's what you were before you accepted Jesus and said, the power of Almighty God is in me to say no to sin. And I think until we teach this and believe it, we're going to justify bad behavior and we're going to give ourselves an excuse to walk down the wrong road. We need to have the mind of Christ to truly experience all that God has for us. I cannot go to the next level spiritually if I do not walk with the mind of Christ. Our mind is the control center with which obedience to Christ is carried out. Did you hear me? Our mind is the control center to which the obedience to Christ is carried out. It all happens here. It all happens here, right here. Our mind is the powerhouse of our thinking, of our actions, and our identity. These were just thoughts God gave me. I wrote them down. I'm like, boom, boom. That's good. Here's what he said. Our mind is the powerhouse of our thinking, our actions, and our identity. You've probably heard this. Our thoughts become actions. Our actions become habits, but our habits become who we are. It all starts with a thought. It turns into an action and it becomes a reality. That's why he says, take every thought captive. Jesus came so that we would have the power to live an abundant life. What was it he said to us? I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He doesn't want you to struggle. He doesn't want you to be a victim. He wants you to be a victor. It happens by renewing your mind. Philippians 2, I'm going to give you some verses here. I want you to run through these. These are all so good. And you may say, yeah, you use a lot of scripture. I'm telling you, the only way I can make it through life is with scripture. This is God's word. We're going to talk about it next week in our last part of our armor when he talks about picking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want you to know how powerful the word of God is. You've got to know the word of God. Remember, he says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you don't know scripture, you will never be able to battle the enemy. You're not smart enough. So I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. I want you to write these down and meditate on these. Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's so important. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then let's go on. I love this one. 1 Peter 1, 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. That means pull in every thought, everything going on in your mind. He says, gird up your loins. Have you ever thought about it? Kind of pull that in. Don't let those thoughts run rapid. The minute, the minute that thought, pull it in, pull it in. Take that thought captive. Romans 2, uh, 12, 2. 
and be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see there's kind of a pattern here. There's something he's trying to teach us. Second Timothy 1.7, we know this so well. Listen, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. We've talked about this over and over. So we know the spirit of fear is not from him, but what has he given us? But he has given us a spirit of love, power, and what? A sound mind. He's given you the power to have a sound mind. Philippians 4.8, finally, my brethren, and he gives us this long list, whatsoever things are true and honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, walk through every one of those, just, pure, lovely, good, virtue. What does he say? Think on these things. Don't think thoughts that aren't lovely and pure and just and honest. Stop stinking thinking. Take every thought captive. Don't go down that road with your mind. We are a child of God and we are more than able to succeed. We have the mind of Christ. Now, in our conclusion, in our time together, I, I really kind of want to bring us home with this whole thought. We're so grateful for our salvation. We put that helmet on. We understand it is our position. And listen, I hope you understood what I said at the beginning. If you are going to call yourself a Christian, first of all, make sure you are. If you're going to call yourself a son and a daughter of God, make sure you're going to heaven. Make sure you seal that tonight and you know him. Make sure you put that helmet on. Remember I said, this armor is only for believers. It doesn't do you any good if you don't know God. This is his armor for his children. And make sure that you truly understand. And we understand that our salvation is for it's beautiful. It's for protection. It's for, it identifies us and it gives us power. But I kind of want to end on a really positive, happy note. I just want to make sure sometimes I get, as you know, tense, I get excited. But I just kind of started to sit in this this week. And it was just like God just brought me into peace and he brought me into rest. And he said, Tam, and I love it when he calls me Tam. He said, I want you to just sit here right now in peace and serenity. And I have this big chair in my prayer room at home. And sometimes I just sit in there and I want to learn how to find a place of peace. Now I'm a high energy person. I get like all fired up all the time. And it's important for me that I learn to rest and to find peace and to breathe. Um, our world is running so rapidly. I think you would agree with me. It, I think it's spinning faster. And I don't think social media has helped us and technology. Most of us are pretty on all the time. So I want you to learn how to meditate. I want you to learn how to sit in serenity and peace with him. I love it that Jesus was not in a hurry in the garden. You know, um, the psalmist would sit quietly with God. And so I want to end tonight with you, uh, today with you, whenever you're watching. And I just kind of want to maybe teach you the skill of sitting in peace and security and serenity with God. So I, I believe that one thing salvation brings is it brings peace and it brings rest. It brings peace and it brings rest. When you have the helmet of salvation on, you have peace. Philippians 4, 7, this verse is so good. And it says, and the peace of God, which surpasseth all comprehension, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You see, for me, as fast as I run and all my ideas and my businesses and coaching and the church, and as you know, if you know anything about me, I'm, I'm running 100 miles an hour. I have forced myself to sit down. And when I do quietly, the peace that surpasseth all comprehension. I can't even explain or define to you the peace that I have because it's spiritual.
It's not a new agey kind of thing. It's not trying to sit and hum in your yoga pose. It's me sitting in the peace of my salvation that I am a child of God. And he wants me to not be stressful or worried or fearful. He wants me to have peace. That's what my salvation brings me. So what can you do to get spiritual rest? I'm going to take you through these last few things together. Number one, spend time in prayer. Learn how to pray. Whether it's a prayer walk, a prayer room, a prayer drive, learn to sit in prayer. Studies conducted by Duke and Dartmouth and Yale University all found that people who pray regularly tend to experience less physical and mental illness. And those are secular universities. So people that pray to God tend to struggle less physically and mentally. So you've got to meditate on scripture. I love, um, that's number two, meditate on scripture. Meditate on scripture. I love this Psalm, verse two. But he delight in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Meditate on scripture. Now, you might think that word meditate again is one of those new agey weird words. Did you realize the psalmist, David, meditated all the time? And the word meditate just means think on. So it's not trying to empty your mind. It's trying to bring your mind into captivity. It's trying to meditate on the things of God. It's to read the Psalms, to read the scripture, to sit in silence, to let him just bathe you, love you. In um, Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. So we're going to pray, number one. We're going to meditate on scripture, number two. This is what's going to bring peace. And number three, spend time in worship. Just allow, and hey, there's such great music out there. There's nothing wrong with turning on some fun music in your house and dancing as a family and having a dance party. We do that all the time. So you may have a secular station you like and you love it, but it will never replace worship music because there's something about sitting and bringing praises unto our King. There's something about worship music, and I don't even mean all Christian music. I mean worship music where you sit and you just allow the praises to enter into the throne room of God and your praise enters up, your worship enters up. In Psalm 95, 6, the Bible says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. You want to have peace? I'm telling you right now, this is exactly how to do it. Pray, meditate, worship. I love these things. And then number four, spend time alone in God's presence. Spend time alone. You might want to leave home a few minutes early and sit in your car and put on some worship music and just talk alone with God. You might want to, on the way home, stop by a park. You may, I don't know what your thing is. I have to, every morning I get up, the first thing I do is I put on my tennis shoes, I go on my prayer walk. That's my time with God. I'm not afraid. I want to say this right now. Listen, I'm not afraid to be alone with God. And he exposes a lot when I'm, a, I'm alone with him. He shows me my heart and my mind. He shows me where I need to do course correction. Often I bring my day before him and my agenda, and he says, do this, don't do that. Often my, my mind runs rapid. I'm just going to kind of walk with you here. Sometimes I start on my prayer walk, and my mind's like, i got to do this, this, this. And Holy Spirit will say, I thought this was our time. And then I have to put my agenda aside and just say, God, I love you. And I look to the heavens, and I just talk to him. See, there's something about spending time alone with God. 
And I believe these four elements, listen, this is so important. I truly believe this. These four elements of prayer and worship and spending time alone with God and meditating on scripture will bring you the peace of your salvation. Remember I talked to you about promises and benefits? I mean, how many times, this sounds kind of funny, I was talking to my insurance agent, this just came to me, and she said to me, do you know all the benefits you have with your policy? And I said, no, and she sent me this link, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get free memberships for here, and I get, I get discounts here, and I get, and I never tapped into the benefits of my, my um, insurance agents. You know, like, I'm like, I, I have that benefit and that benefit. Do you realize as Christians, as children of God, so often we don't tap into the benefits of the kingdom? And the benefits are his promises. The benefits are his love. The benefits are his security and his peace. That's what it means to have salvation with Jesus Christ. So never, ever take your salvation for granted. Put the helmet of salvation on and walk in his promises and his benefits. Well, guys, I have loved being with you. We have one more study together. And I know you have your discussion questions, your coaching questions. So whether you're in the men's group, the women's groups, the watch parties, or just watching online, take time to go through your coaching questions. And I would love to hear from you. If you're watching me on my YouTube channel right now, I'd love to hear from you. Would you just email me? Also, push the notifications because we're always doing new YouTube videos. And I really appreciate you being a part of this series. You might want to pass it on to someone who just needs a word of encouragement. So I love you guys. Next week, we're going to be picking up the sword of the spirit, and we're going to see what all God has to say. So have a great week. Love you. See you next week. Bye-bye.